But we don't stay in touch Mm. at all. And I didn't invite them to my wedding. And honestly, I don't feel bad about that because we don't have a close relationship. And so for me, I don't know, that's my thought. If there are people that you don't even know, then I definitely wouldn't personally think that you should feel obligated to invite them to your wedding. You're right. You've got to put your foot down in the, in those cases. And it can be hard when it's maybe a cultural expectation, a family expectation. Mm. Um, like you mentioned, you know, the financial obligation or you feel indebted to maybe a parent, extended family that's pitching in. All of that can really skew ultimately what you want to get out of the day. Because I think the biggest complaint I've heard from people who have Hey friends, it's Nicole and Kate, your girls from across the globe, Sydney, Australia and Puerto Rico to be exact. And we're so excited to be sharing this time with you. I'm Kate. And I'm Nicole. And welcome back to another Candid Conversation with us. Each week, we bring you a new conversation about a topic that we can relate to. We share our own experiences and thoughts in the hopes that you'll realize that one, you're not alone, and two, that open and honest convos can lead to awesome discoveries, shifts in perspectives, and energy to move ahead with confidence. Because that's what real friends do. They provide love, support, and space for one another to share without judgment, speak without hesitation, and to learn from each other, even when we don't agree. And with that, let's dive in. Hi, Nicole. Hello, Kate. Oh, your earrings are so fun today. Thank you. I noticed that we are both in pink and we didn't even coordinate. (laughs) It's look at us, just two minds on the mic, just thinking alike. (laughs) Oh, how are you today? I'm doing great. How about yourself? Wonderful, wonderful. Happy to be on the mic again with you. Yes, definitely. We actually kind of had almost back-to-back sessions this week. Mm. One one to cap last week and one to start this week. So yay, that's fun. Lots of hang time together. Virtual hang yeah. time. <laughs> one day it'll be in person. Yes. <laughs> oh, can you imagine the day we record an episode in person? Oh, that will be fun. Maybe we should. Okay, let's put it out there. Episode 100, we record together in person. Oh, yes. <laughs> Good call. That would be awesome. Good call. All right. All right, friends, you heard her here first. (laughs) Well, today's topic is a little bit different. We're going to be talking about wedding prep. We're going to talk about creating your guest list, keeping top of mind what's most important to you and your partner for your big day, and how to manage your business leading up to and right after your big day. Hmm. Yeah, this <laughs> this topic came from a listener, a friend of ours who is organizing her wedding, planning her wedding in the Philippines, and she has a big family. And she also has a business, so she's thinking all about ahead about, you know, getting all her work done and managing all of that before the big day and then, you know, after the wedding and all of that. But one of her struggles is how to not invite some people that she feels she has to invite, but really doesn't even know them, to be fair. Mm. Like second, third cousins, kids of kids and, you know, extended relations. That's tough when you have a huge guest list too. Yeah, or a huge family, which, you know, 
I think this will be interesting because my experience has been very, very different when it comes to mm-hmm. planning two weddings because I do have two weddings to share. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and I guess I don't have a big family either. So, you know, I can understand that this would be a struggle for people with like larger families. So yeah, and I'd be keen to hear your experience because I know your wedding was bigger than mine. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you're and and that's the thing is like I have a very small family too. John's a little bit bigger. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, guest list was definitely one of those things where every time it came up, it was it was a little bit like, ooh, you know, you don't want to hurt people's feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, like I think it's so important for it to be what you want and not what other people expect of you. And that can be really tricky. I know there's like a lot of different schools of thought out there about what's right when it comes to your invite list. I know a lot of times like when parents get involved with helping Mm -hmm. financially with the wedding, that there's an expectation that they would, you know, get to share their list with you. Yeah, good (laughs) point. So there's like, I mean, there's so many layers. But let's start out with you. How did you and Omar approach us for your wedding? Well, for us, it was there were a few factors that determined like how many people could come. So first of all, Omar and I were still living in San Diego, uh, which is neither of our hometown. My hometown is here in Sydney. Omar's originally from New York, but we were living in San Diego at the time and we decided that we would get married back here in Sydney. Part of the reason too was my dad wasn't well at the time. So it was an easy decision to say, okay, we'll have to make it easy uh, for him. And so that was done. And so what I say it was an easy decision is that I think you can't really expect a lot of friends and family to make a trip like that because Australia is really far and it's expensive even as a destination just in general. You know, it's been funny because I feel like I've traveled for my friend's wedding when I've been able to. I wasn't able to travel for your wedding, which makes me sad. Which I totally understood. <laughs> that was and, sad too. I oh, know. Um, and so, yeah, it's it, it's one of those things where if it is a, a destination wedding, then you understand that people aren't going to make it and you don't expect them to make it. So, you know, we didn't expect his side of the family to make such a long trip. Um, it kind of also came together pretty quickly. It's not like we planned it and gave people a year's notice or anything like that. So in the end, uh, our wedding was really nice and we had a total of about, yeah, it was 25 people. So pretty mm. small, pretty yeah. small. And yeah. it was literally anyone who could make it here in Sydney. That mm-hmm. was it. So okay. very, yeah. So that was that wedding. I can talk about the other wedding okay. later on, but <laughs> what, about, what about you? Yeah, so we had a, we had a hundred people, and that was pretty much our guest list was a hundred people, and I was really passionate, I guess you could say, about keeping it around that number. I think we technically sent out maybe like 112 invites and uh, and 98 people came. So there was maybe like a dozen people who weren't able to make it for one reason or another. And it was really important to me that our guest list stayed that size because my vision for our wedding weekend was that we were actually getting to spend quality time with every single person who came. Mm. So We did sort of do a destination wedding as well. It was a destination for everyone else because we had it here in Puerto Rico where we live. 
And I realized that we were asking a lot of people like that to, to your point, to the time investment, the financial investment, um, people taking time off from work, people with kids having to sort that. Um, so I realized that we were asking a lot and I felt the greatest thing that we could do in return was actually be able to get to spend quality time with the people who we were inviting. And I knew that if we had more than a hundred people, that that just wasn't going to happen. And, and we can get into this later, but that is why I purposely planned an entire weekend of events mm. because I knew that just a, a wedding ceremony and a reception wasn't going to cut it in terms of being able to fulfill that vision that I had. And mm. so that's why I did create an entire weekend of events. Um, and it worked out beautifully. I mean, I really do feel like I got to spend quality time with every single person who was there. Um, and, and again, I do feel like along the way, there were points in time where it would have been very easy to add to our guest list. And did I feel bad about not adding to it? Yeah, I did. Mm -hmm. But I had to continue to remind myself of what my priority was and, and really what, you know, John and I wanted that weekend to look like. And if we would have had more people there, I just really don't believe that we would have been able to accomplish that. So... I mean, I know, again, that sometimes there's external pressures that are guiding that. But to me, it, I, like I had a cousin that I didn't invite, actually two cousins that I didn't invite. I was friends with them when we were younger and we were growing up together. And I was, you know, in Minnesota for the summers. And when I turned probably 16 and we stopped like kind of doing those annual visits, I don't stay in touch with them independently. I don't reach out to them. They don't reach out to me. No hard feelings. Right. Uh, they're my cousins and I love them. They're part of my family, but we don't stay in touch hmm. at all. And I didn't invite them to my wedding. And honestly, I don't feel bad about that because we don't, we don't have a close relationship. And so for me, I don't know, that's my thought. If there are people that you don't even know then I definitely wouldn't personally think that you should feel obligated to invite them to yeah. your wedding. You're right. You've got to put your foot down in the, in those cases. And it can be hard when it's maybe a cultural expectation, a family expectation. Mm. Um, like you mentioned, you know, the financial obligation or you feel indebted to maybe a parent, extended family that's pitching in, all of that can really skew the ultimately what you want to get out of the day. Because I think the biggest complaint I've heard from people who have had really large weddings is exactly that. They didn't get to spend time with everyone. And then mm. you just kind of feel like, what's the point? Is this a big spectacle? Right. <laughs> I'm sure it's fun <laughs> for everyone, but and and fun, okay, sure like a fun party, but you know, the purpose of it, if this is really, you know, celebrate two people who, you know, who are coming together, I don't know. I think it loses its, its meaning, well, maybe not loses its meaning, but it loses its purpose. If you can't connect with everyone who's, who's invited, everyone who's present, like that just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. I guess the flip side of that is like, 
at what cost? So if this is a guestless thing that's being driven by a parent or, you know, I certainly uh, understand and want to respect the, the cultural differences that mm-hmm. sometimes weddings are expected to, if you don't have 300 people there, like you're not doing it right. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, and yeah. so <laughs> I, I understand um, those situations. And if you are in that situation and and it's really important to your family and that affects, you know, X, Y, and Z and all of that, maybe that is one part of the process of the planning process that you say, okay, I'm going to let this go. Um, This is what it's going to be. And I'm going to focus my energy uh, on these other things that are really, really important to me. And I just know that I'm not going to be able to talk to everyone at my wedding. And I'm good with that. I do think that like throughout the process, because I think there's so many things that the wedding industry will kind of like steer you into doing that there comes a point when and not to mention again the external pressures of like family members or friends or people you know providing their two cents when it's not asked for (laughs) (laughs) um that constantly reminding yourself of what's most important to you that 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 really really helped me along the planning process is continuously going back to okay is this important to me if it's not important to me, am I willing to get into like a familial spat because it's really important to someone else? And what does it look like if everybody wins? Um, and sometimes that's not, that's not easy. Gosh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I've had it easy to be honest. That's why I think this, it's a really good conversation. I think you had a bit of a, you probably had to make those decisions like with your cousins and there was probably a lot more people that you could have invited. I feel like in both my cases, it was just like, okay, this is, uh, maybe it does come down to the expectation too. I'm curious if as a little girl, you dreamed or had those typical fanciful wedding imaginations when you were little, because I don't remember ever thinking about that. And I probably did, but I don't remember. Did you? Mm. Um, I do remember that, yeah, when I was young. Um, But it wasn't really ever in any detail. It was just kind of like, oh, one day I get to be married and, you know, kind of like thinking about, I always remember a veil. There's always a veil. Yeah. And I didn't have, and I didn't have a veil. (laughs) Veil and the Cinderella gown, right? It's almost like the Cinderella vision. Yeah. Yeah. I kicked the veil. I was like, I don't want a veil. They kept trying to put one on me at the store. I'm like, get that thing away from me. (laughs) Right. Like Um, you said, the wedding industry pushes a lot of things on you that are quote unquote expected or typical. And you're like, is it typical? Who said, mm. you know, yeah. you guys like say the so, garter but... too. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, I, no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah. I think a lot of it has to do with maybe the expectation. Mm-hmm. So Nicole, I think another um, interesting thing when it comes to wedding prep that you know, I thought about it just because I feel like I'm an obsessive planner, but I can totally see how maybe somebody else wouldn't even really be thinking much about this. But how do you prepare for your wedding, especially if you have to travel for it, or you have a lot of company coming into town, one of those two things is going to be the case, right? Mm -hmm. And how do you prepare your business for that? 
Like, how do you make sure that everything's set up so that when you're approaching your wedding day, you're not thinking about, oh my goodness, I'm supposed to send an email out or, oh my gosh, I forgot to, you know, do X, Y, and Z, which you definitely do (laughs) not want to be doing as you approach your wedding day. Well, I think you did an amazing job of this, given the fact that you planned a four day event. It wasn't even a, a single day. So what did you do? Mm, Yeah. Okay. So this was like very, again, going back to keeping in mind what's most important to you. Like this was very important to me that I had those days protected. Like no day has ever been protected. (laughs) Um, We had, again, 98 people flying in from all over the state. And I knew that for every all of those pieces to fall into place, like I had to be able to be present 100% Mm -hmm. of the time. And not to mention, I actually so we got married April 23rd, my parents flew into town April 1st. So my parents were here a full three weeks before the wedding. My sister and her family came in like a week before the wedding. And then I had like friends and family and people, some people coming in earlier than that. So really what I would, my, my main goal was really to have the month of April off. So like it was a four day thing, but I was really looking for those 30 days. (laughs) I love it. Well, and and I think that that might be the case for a lot of people. John and I didn't do a honeymoon right after, but I think that for a lot of people, you know, it could be an extended timeline like that if they plan a honeymoon right after, because you have to take that into consideration as well. You don't want to be working on your honeymoon. So I mean, I think really in terms of like starting that planning process, like it was really important for me to understand what that time period was. Like I can't, I can't plan to have those four days off and then expect for the 30 days around that to like just go swimmingly. So I really had to plan for the 30 days. And honestly, I approached it the same way I would for any trip or any type of visitors or any other event or thing that I would be doing. Like if I was traveling for a conference, if I was taking a vacation, if I was having family come into town, I prepared for it the exact same way. Um, and I know that, you know, you have experience doing that as well. The trips that you and Omar have taken where you've completely unplugged and you haven't done any work. It's really about batching everything that you have due in that time period and just making sure that it's done beforehand. Yeah, for sure. We had to do the same thing, batching, you know, Omar had to batch record his episodes for the podcast, obviously giving, communicating with your team and giving everyone Mm -hmm. like a system for like, if this happens, if this happens, this is, you know, where you can reach us, only reach us. If this happens, we always say if aliens want want to take over, then contact (laughs) us. Omar's go to. I can see him saying that too. (laughs) I, I got very lucky because I was in San Diego and the wedding was going to be in Sydney and I just got so lucky that my brother and my maid of honor at that time just did so much uh, and helped me so much in in preparation for the wedding and also because it was a small wedding with a very small guest list it was really easy to keep things contained Um, you know we had our reception at a restaurant which was really fun and that takes out so much of you know decorations Mm. and all of the other external stuff that you'd have to prepare if it was in an open space, if a restaurant's got a lot of that taken care of. So some of those decisions made it 
easier to prepare. We got married in a park, which was really beautiful as well. Uh, I loved that. And it was just, it was an, it was a beautiful day, but it did come down to the fact that, you know, I got a lot of help and so much was already, and, and preparation, like to your point, preparation is everything. Um, if you're well organized, if you're well planned, and if you're not, then definitely get someone to help you because it goes mm -hmm. like, just like you, I remember you saying that how everything went so smoothly. It doesn't happen just because, you know, the stars align and everything goes well. It happens because you've planned it and you've prepared really well. And that was right. the same for us. We just felt like everything went smoothly. Um, and you know, it couldn't have been just a more perfect day. And, you know, I've been to weddings where it has been like the Cinderella ball experience, literally. Mm -hmm. it, it, I went to a wedding years ago in LA where the bride looked like she was in a Cinderella gown, just, just beautiful, very, very pretty. And just all of that. And the ballroom was a fairy tale ballroom and it was fun. But I've had the most fun at the small weddings where I get to, you know, mm. hang out with everyone and you have that time with the bride and groom. But I, yeah, there's no, you know, right or wrong here. It's really what you want. And the best feeling is when you've been able to execute on exactly what you want and just feel really good about it. You know? Yeah, I think asking for that help is so, so key. And uh, like, I'm not really good at doing that. So, I, I, you know, I recognize that for some people, it's not super easy to do that. But oh, my goodness, was it a savior that I had help. And I even honestly, like I asked for a lot of help. I wish I would have asked for even more Really, um, because there were even things like the day, well, actually throughout that entire weekend that my girlfriend, Janelle, oh my gosh, she was such a rock star. Like just when she's the girl for the job for sure. Yeah. But Janelle. she went so far above and beyond to help me throughout that weekend. But to the point where like, I almost kind of felt bad for how much she was doing. Like, oh. I wish I would have had like someone else to do that kind of stuff for me. And it's stuff that you really don't think about before, you know, it was mm. tipping the caterer. Um, but stuff like that, that was just kind of like, Anything that you can do ahead of time or pass off to somebody else like that, it's going to go such a long way. And that made me think of like the preparation part of it, something that I hadn't considered until I was meeting with a girlfriend who was also planning her wedding. And she shared this spreadsheet with me. And I was like, oh my gosh, we are like soul sisters. This is amazing. And she had an entire timeline of the wedding day for her, her bridesmaids, her family, her fiance, the groomsmen and his family. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is so over the top, but I love it. So I'm going to do it too. And it ended up being one of the best things that I it's created. It's like a, a run sheet, right? Like a production yes. run sheet. Yes. I think yes. my maid of honor was, was great at um, event planning. So I think we had the same thing. If I remember, we had a run, a run sheet for the, all the key people, mm. which you think is over the top, but it's, it's so helpful, right? Yeah, because people need to know where they need to be and mm -hmm. when. 
And when you're like, when there's so many different things going on and so many different events and people are staying at different places, like that can so easily, so like actually printing it off and being like, this is where you need to be. And this is the time that you need to be there. And this is how you need to be dressed and (laughs) you need to be fed and watered and like, you know, all those details it's, and that's again, if you have, if you are able to hire like a wedding coordinator or somebody who can really present all these things to you. Um, I was so grateful to have my sister who was just, she made my wedding possible. (laughs) I'm so incredibly grateful for all of her guidance. Um, she does the wedding planning podcast. So her podcast and the resources that she has. Oh my goodness. Oh, we're definitely going to link up to Cara's wedding planning podcast because it is full of gems and resources and all of that good stuff. Yeah. So I really just can't stress enough, like having somebody that you can go to. So even if you don't hire a wedding coordinator, even if you aren't able to hire, you know, people that day to be kind of your runner or helping you like do all the things leading up to it, like for those tough decisions, for those, you know, guest list conundrums and, and all the things that you're going to come up against, because there are so many different things that are like that, that you'll think, Oh my gosh, I don't know. I don't know you know, remind yourself of what's most important to you and your partner. That is so, so key. So make sure that you guys are on the same page about that. Um, and, and have that be kind of like your guiding light. And then even if it's just a friend, your maid of honor or someone who you're super close with, who you can call up and just talk through, you know, different decisions that you're having to make or, if you're kind of, if you feel stuck, having someone to talk to, I think is so incredibly helpful. So I think that would probably be like my biggest thing is, you know, having, having that person to call will be so helpful. And for me, it's also, I a thousand percent agree with what you said. I also think about staying away from what is pushed on, you know, on social or those expectations. Mm. If those are the, if that's actually really what you want, like if you get really, really honest with yourself and say, you know what, that is actually what I want, then sure, then go for it, you know, more power mm-hmm. to you. And for sure, if it is something big and grandiose, then I would imagine, I don't have experience with this, but I would imagine that it would be smart to get, you know, a coordinator and, and get that kind of professional help. Uh, but for me, I was just true to, and Omer and I were very much on the same page, which was great, uh, that we wanted something very small, very intimate. Um, you know, I mentioned that, you know, my dad wasn't well at the time. So, the, you know, we wanted to make it happen sooner than later. And one of the guiding principles or one of the guiding things for us there was that we could make it happen and to have him there, you know, mm-hmm. um, and, and, you know, I got lucky that my brother and my maid of honor were just incredible help and support for all of those decisions. So, you know, I didn't pay them. <laughs> they did it from the, good, <laughs> from the goodness of their hearts, you know. So there's so even many, better. Even better, right? It's very, very good. We were very good on the budget. Um, but there's just so many ways. You just have to, you know, be true to yourself and... And I feel like I don't have any regrets that it was very small, very intimate and just super fun. Yeah. Yeah. That's what's great about following exactly what you want is you won't have any regrets if you do that. So 
I hope that this was helpful for our listener friend and for any of our friends out there who are thinking about preparing for their wedding. Oh my gosh, such an exciting time. <laughs> I loved my wedding. <laughs> it's kind of fresh for you, isn't it? And it is fun to mm-hmm. revisit it. This was a fun, yeah, fun combo for sure. Oh, well, good luck to our friend. I hope the wedding is amazing and I'm sure it will be. Yeah. So as we close out today's chat on wedding prep, we hope that you friends have picked up a thing or two you can carry with you today and moving forward to give you that extra boost of confidence and support when you need it most. And friends, if you've enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review wherever you're listening to this podcast. If you have a friend in mind who might also enjoy our chats, share the podcast with them too. Send them to canrelatepodcast.com or have them search Nicole and Kate Can Relate on their favorite podcast app. Until next time.